Welcome to In Real Motherhood. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Emma. We are two moms that bonded over searching for living more meaningful lives within the chaos of motherhood. Each week as we chat over coffee, we share the messy, unfiltered reality of mom life and tips on how you can find more meaning in your life too. So grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and let's go. Welcome back. This is episode 22 of In Real Motherhood. 22 sounds like a really, it's my favorite number, but it sounds like a really official number. Like we are getting through a lot of episodes here. I know. It's crazy. I couldn't have imagined we'd be sitting here at 22. Yeah. It's uh, the end of July, almost August. I don't know where the summer's gone. And we started this podcast in January if you're new here, thanks for hopping on with us. But we have exciting news because the podcast has officially over 1,000 listens. Amazing. That's incredible. Like that maybe not doesn't seem like a huge number, but to us, that's amazing and huge. And we appreciate every single one of you that has been along for the ride and listening and gone through the ups and downs and the name change and everything that we've talked about on this episode on this pod. So Yeah, it feels like we're just getting started and we're really finding our groove with the topics that we want to talk about and also the timing, like length of the podcast. So any suggestions you all have are always greatly appreciated. But thank you for listening. And today we're going to talk about how motherhood is like playing darts. I messaged Lindsay saying that I had this idea and she was like, hmm, I'm intrigued. So (laughs) while my kids were taking a bath, I typed up a poem, if you will. (laughs) Or is it a haiku? (laughs) Yeah, a haiku. What is it? Five, three, five. Is that a haiku? I don't know. (laughs) I think I remember that. Don't call me out. I don't remember. (laughs) I've always been into writing. Uh, This is longer than 535. Um, But I'm going to read it. And then we're going to talk about Lindsay's thoughts. She has not heard this yet. Emma always likes to spring things on me. But that's like motherhood. (laughs) That's why it's unscripted and in real motherhood. Because we're just, you know, going for it. (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes I like to write things out. And then it's nice to like, I don't know, to read it. So, okay. So first, I would like to share that I have very little knowledge on how to actually play darts, (laughs) but I think that's pretty perfect for this example. I know that when I have played darts in the past, it was many years ago in a dark, sketchy dive bar after a few too many vodka sodas, and I mostly understand that the goal is to try to hit the bullseye, right? So you aim for that red dot, thinking, surely it can't be that hard. And then you eagerly try and you miss and the miss is kind of almost laughable. Like the dart didn't even (laughs) stick to the board. The metal part of the dart hits the side of the board and makes a loud enough sound to alert the guys drinking next to you. And then they proceed to laugh at your failed attempt. And you laugh at yourself Mm -hmm. because they are laughing. But on the inside, you're determined even more than ever to try again and set the intention that this time you're going to aim better, you'll focus more, and surely you're going to hit the bullseye. So you try again. You throw the dart, and this time it sticks in the board, but it's nowhere near the bullseye. (laughs) Less laughter surrounds you, but internally you're getting even more frustrated. The dart, playing darts just seems so easy as a concept you throw it at the center why does this feel so hard and then the person playing with you 
it's their turn. So they throw it and with ease, they hit the bullseye. The same spectators that were laughing at you are now cheering for them. And you find yourself questioning your own capabilities. The bullseye superstar shrugs their shoulders and claims it was beginner's luck. Motherhood is like playing darts. It seems simple. The instructions seem easy enough. Keep your kids alive. Play with them. Teach them things. Love them. But how many times have you felt like you were trying so hard to hit a bullseye to find yourself frustrated after your laughable failed attempts at parenting? The gourmet dinner you cooked for your kids that ended up thrown on the floor after your toddler turned up their nose at the sight of it. The nap time refusal when you were so overwhelmed and you would do anything for a 20-minute break. Motherhood is like throwing darts. And some days, it's like throwing darts with a dang blindfold on. I couldn't have put that more perfectly. It's so, so, so dang true. Obviously, I like related to the metaphor of like playing darts. Like the last time you played darts was definitely in a dive bar, sketchy dive bar (laughs) after too many beverages. Um, But yeah, like I, I resonate with that 100% and mostly with the very end with the blindfold on because I literally feel like there are days when I have no idea what I'm doing. And then the kids do something else completely crazy. And you're like, there's no way I can do this again tomorrow. (laughs) And it's hard because you're like, you're wanting to do the right thing. Like the, the goal seems so easy, like, you know, lead with connection and, you know, try to talk through things, validate. And in the moment you're like, you're so eager and frustrated at the same time. And I find myself lately with Carly, she's at a stage, she's three and a half, her brother is almost one and a half, and she's at a stage where she's wanting to hurt him. And my initial response is to be like, no, 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 you don't hurt him. Or, you know, I get upset with her, but I'm realizing that there's a way that I can like structure how I talk about things with her and, um, it's just like a very simple language shift. And I think going back to the darts reference, I'm sure that someone could teach me like how to aim better, Mm -hmm. (laughs) how to like what to focus on. There's probably a science to it, uh, but it does take like figuring that out, right? Like how to do that. You need somebody to kind of lead you through that. And that's kind of the cool thing about social media, in my opinion, because I've found so many incredible resources for how to work through specific things so with the example of Carly you know hurting her brother I've learned to say that I won't let you hurt your brother I as the mom it's my job to keep Connor safe I will not let you hurt him and being that boundary and setting that boundary and by doing that but that by that simple language shift it's actually taking the power away from her actions and it's showing that your job is to keep them safe and it's not picking sides um and so just just by doing that over this weekend i've seen such a difference mm-hmm. in carly's attitude and and how she acts and so i just none of us know what we're doing <laughs> but i if you think about the example of with Carly, she's going to continue to test her boundaries. She's Mm -hmm. going, there's going to, it's going to come up over and over again. So what I did was I I Googled, like, how do you deal with your child hitting a sibling? Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, there's a way to, to talk about it that is more effective than what I was doing. And so none of us know what we're doing. 
at all, really. Yeah. We're, we're blindfolded 99% of the time. Well, and I want to throw in another, like, another layer onto your example of motherhood being like a dartboard. Like, cause you were saying, you know, maybe you have a guide or somebody can teach you how to do it. But I also want to say that when you throw your kids into the mix and they're all unique and individual, it's like you also, the dartboard isn't stationary. It moves. <laughs> so yeah. it's like one of those game shows where it's like, oh, we're playing. But all of a sudden, like you think you're hitting it. You're like, yes, I finally got it. And then all of a sudden it like starts moving back and forth. And you're like, what is happening? Like, I thought I was getting the hang of this and now there's this new element in there of it moving back and forth. And I feel like that is hundred percent true for kids, you know, like for like, for an example, you know, my kids will be like, oh, I really love, you know, bananas today. And you, so you like go to the store and you're like, I'm going to buy all the bananas. They're going to eat a banana every day. At least it's great for them. And then the next day they're like, I do not like bananas anymore. And you're like, I just <laughs> bought you 10 bananas and now you don't want them anymore. Or, you know, like whatever that food is like apples or a certain kind of cracker or something like they always do this to me. Like Reese did that with some pouches. She's like, I love these pouches. They're so good. I'm like, great. They have some protein in them. I'm going to get them for your lunches. The next day she's like, I don't like those anymore. I'm like, what? <laughs> I just bought you Costco 45 pouches. Like, what am I supposed to do with these now? She's like, I don't like them anymore. I'm like, this is just great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the, the thought of the dartboard is, is you're blindfolded. The dartboard mm -hmm. is moving. Each child mm -hmm size dartboard and the mm -hmm. dartboard bullseye is a different shape and it's like you yep. figure out in the moment you're like I got this and then you throw the dang dart and it's laughable and mm -hmm. you, how, how do you muster up the the energy to like laugh it off and also be like okay we'll try again next time um yeah and have it be enjoyable because like when I play darts I end up getting pissed off yeah like I want to be good at it yeah, it's true. Like, I think that's the hardest part. And I think what you were saying when you were, you know, Googling, like, how do I help my daughter um, understand this? And like, I was thinking to myself, like, that's a good language shift and I'll have to work that into my kids. Like what I've always said with them, and maybe it's not as effective because it doesn't, I mean, they don't like hurt each other. Like they're not in that phase. Like do it when they're angry or frustrated or whatever. But um, I always say, what are hands for? And they're like, hugs and high fives. Like, that's what I say to them. It's hugs and high fives. It's just kind of like a metaphor. Like we don't use our hands for hitting. It's for, you know, being kind or whatever. Um, but maybe I'll have to shift my language to that. Yeah. And I had a brain, I like mom brain moment where I was going with this. Where was I going with that? Oh, no. <laughs> I'll come back to it. You talk and I'll come back to it. Well, the redirection is great because you're able to say to them, like, you know, it's, it's less about like, no, you can't do that. It's like, oh, remember, this is what your hands are for. Hands are not for hitting. Um, and the example that I, I learned. So the, the account that I've been following is called transforming toddlerhood. I'll link her account in the show notes for you guys. Um, but she basically said the first thing to do uh, with siblings who are having a conflict is to make sure that everyone is physically safe. So saying, I won't let you hit your brother. I'm going to move you away from him. And then the second thing is to stay calm and neutral, which is usually my hardest <laughs> because I'm that. like seeing, you know, it's like I, I feel connected to the fact that Connor's being hurt or he's mm -hmm. crying, right? It's like, you know, um, but she says, this is what you can say to them. Looks like you two are having a hard time getting along. What happened here? Mm -hmm. 
then she says avoid taking sides by validating both kids oh you wanted to play with the toy and you grabbed it oh your brother grabbed your toy so you hit him the next thing is to set limits it's okay to feel upset and hitting is not safe or it's okay to want a toy and grabbing is not the solution and then the last step is to teach skills. What can we do next time? If your toddler can't respond, that's okay. You can ask the question about teaching skills and then come up with a plan. This will help kids learn how to resolve the conflict in the future. I feel like so much, I mean, that's so much learning on us as parents part. And that was my part, my thought that went away from me was just, you were saying you Google it. And it's like, sometimes, you know, you want to do the right thing, but in the moment and like reflecting afterwards, you're so exhausted from everything that's going on that you're like, what can I do? And then the thought leaves you like, I just had a mom brain moment and I'm like, oh, I should have looked that up. And then it happens again and you're not prepared. So just know that, you know, it's okay if you don't have the answer, you get it wrong because if you're constantly trying to get better, like that's the point in general, is just trying to get better and, and figuring out ways that'll help because it's, like I said, it's not an exact science because once you figure it out one way, the dang dartboard's going to move and you're going to have to try something new, especially like if you're like my kids, they will, you know, figure out what you're going to say to them and then they will argue or logic you into another situation and say, well, you know, they won't listen to what you're saying. They're like, oh, whatever, mom, you don't, <laughs> you don't listen to me anymore sometimes, which you know, that's what I'm saying. That dartboard moves constantly and it's always changing and even when you think you got it, you, you don't have it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's we're blindfolded and we're doing the best we can. And if we can, what I did was I sent that video to my husband, who's my parenting partner. And I'm like, mm -hmm. this is how we could try to say things. And mm -hmm. you know, when, when this comes up, we're going to mess up. We're going to, we're going to initially say to, to our kids, like, don't do that. You're hurting him. Like that's going to be natural because we're so used to that. Like we have to unlearn that, mm -hmm. but how can we have these I've remembered the phrase, I will not let you hurt your brother. And then mm -hmm. like creating about like a physical boundary to make sure that they're safe. Mm -hmm. But then after that, I'm like, wait, now what? Yeah. <laughs> so it's good to go back to that script and be like, okay, I did that next time I can work on the second step. So it's okay to like start at one step and get the rest like quote unquote wrong mm -hmm. because we're practicing and eventually yeah. it will come more naturally than what it does now. But then again, they're going to stop hitting each other and they're going to move on to the next thing that we have to Google. <laughs> yeah. And what I was thinking when you were listing off those steps or whatever, like um, one that comes like harder for me is always like not taking a side. Like I know in my head not to take a side, but sometimes when you're like trying to manage what's going on, the chaos, like you say the wrong thing and it comes out sounding like you're siding with one of them and not the other. And I'm always like, Oh no, what did I just say? And I'm like, then I like try to talk to the other one, like, oh, you know, that must be frustrating for both of you. And I'm like, oh, I'm overwhelmed now. <laughs> yeah. Then you're like word vomiting. And mm -hmm. what I do, I, I know what I say because I've been saying it over and over again this whole weekend. Um, I I say, don't hurt your brother. Why are you doing that? Like that's mm -hmm. my my first question. Why are you hurting him? Yeah. And it's such a when you think about it, like to ask a three year old why they're they're do they don't they're doing it for a completely different reason than on paper it looks like, right? Mm -hmm. For example, Carly was uh, wanting to get a waffle, and I had said no because we had just had to, we were best just about to have dinner, so I said no to the waffle. We're about to have dinner, and she goes and pinches Con Connor's face. And I, and I say, Carly, why did you do that? 
And I'm thinking, I know why she did that. She did that because she was upset that I said no. And she knew that I would get upset over Connor being upset. It was like a snowball effect. She knew she had power in that. And that's where this kind of comes in. And so I was able to say like, oh, that was wrong. (laughs) That was not the best response. But then I got down on her level and I said, I know that you want to eat this waffle. I see that. That is frustrating. But you cannot hurt your brother because you want this waffle. What can we do next time? And we were able to walk through that. So you can fumble the ball and say the quote unquote wrong thing in the moment and then take a second to purposefully pause, get down on their level and try again. And it's okay to, you know, say to them, mama made a red choice. I'm I'm sorry for yelling. Like I was upset. I was frustrated. You're allowed to say that too. So showing your kids that you're also human and we don't know, we're, we're throwing darts without a, without even a board. There's no board. <laughs> just throwing them blindly. Right. right. And it is a good metaphor too, just in general, like, you know, not being good at something is fine. And to admit that you're not great at something and that you're learning. I find myself having more and more conversations with Graham, my older, my nine-year-old, just, you know, telling him like, if I get frustrated or I get upset or I don't know how to help him in that moment, I just say, you know, I'm learning too. I, you know, I get frustrated. I make my state mistakes. I yell, I, you know, I I'm trying to figure it out. Like it's a process and, you know, we don't always get it right the first or second time, or, you know, maybe sometimes we do. And then the next time we don't, and I just tell him all the time, you know, like I'm learning and you're learning and that's what we're here together to do because I want him to know that it's okay to be upset um, and to have emotions because, you know, I feel like a lot of times we tell you know, there's a stigma like, oh, don't be mad or don't be sad or, you know, don't cry or like, you know, and like invalidating emotions that come up, like even as adults, like, you know, we're not supposed to cry or yell or be mad or whatever. Um, But I think like for me, I don't know, I like have strong emotions. So I just want him to know that it's okay to have them that we all do. And then we just have to figure out the best way to work through them and that, you know, we're not going to get it right the first time. And we just have to keep learning and learn together. And, you know, I'm an adult and I still get it wrong. So. Yeah, we, as adults, a lot of times with our parents, we didn't get the repair part of it. And we can do a whole episode on, you know, secure attachment and understanding, you know, how invalidating emotions really lead to different things. Like we can do a whole, we'll do a whole episode on this. So stay tuned for that. Melanie back for the attachment. Yes. We'll definitely have to bring Melanie, even uh, her husband, Justin, like that might be a good episode to do, but there's so much science behind like the, the moving through emotions without allowing them to exist. And especially with boys, like boys just culturally uh there's like a gender issue that hopefully we can continue to to work through where i i know when it comes to connor i want to make sure that like you just said we we have this open discussion of like what you're feeling is okay boys can cry girls can cry we can all cry right like making it an even even playing field for emotions mm-hmm. um that's something that I'm really excited to do as a parent. I'm really proud of you for having the open dialogue because it can't always be easy, I'm sure. Oh, no, it's not. We had a whole like over hour meltdown situation with him. And so there was a lot of like energy just to be calm in the first place and then just trying to talk him through everything, especially because at some point, you know, depending on how old they are, like when they're upset, they're not even hearing anything you say. And like, also, I feel like that's kind of hard to learn when to give them space 
until they're calm and then talk to them. Cause like, I want to fix it right away. Like, and I think as parents, like that's what we're, our natural instinct is, is to like, that's why we're always like, Oh, don't be sad or don't cry or what's wrong. You know, like, how can I help you? But sometimes they just have to move through those emotions. And I think when we give them that space that also helps validate that they're allowed to be frustrated, angry, upset, whatever it is. And then we can talk about it afterwards. And we're not just trying to shut it down or fix it because, you know, not everything is like fixable, you know, right in the second. So. Yeah. With Carly, I've noticed she's been getting more frustrated with things and I can tell my natural instinct like my mom used to do this often it's like she would jump in and not necessarily give me the moment to be frustrated or to figure it out and so with her I find she says she mimics me she's like come on come on come on that's what she says (laughs) come on and I'll say to her you look frustrated keep trying You'll get better because it's from a Daniel Tiger episode. Uh, mm-hmm. But they say, keep trying, you'll get better. So uh, <laughs> so I say that to her and she'll start, then she sings it to herself. She'll say, keep trying, you'll get better. And it, mm-hmm. it gives her that moment to like know that I'm here for her. Like I see her that she's, fr- I see that she's frustrated and uh, I'm also, I'm here for her, but she's able to be resilient in that moment. Another thing that we've been doing lately is with the park. She's been more scared of the slides. And I'll say, I can help you go down. She'll say, no, I'm scared. And uh, I explained to her that it's okay to be scared. This is, you, you can choose to be brave and try anyways. So you can try even when you're scared and then you get to show that how brave you are. And uh, I learned that from a child psychologist on Instagram too. And sometimes she's like, no, I don't want to, I'm still good. I don't want to. But then sometimes she'll take a deep breath and she's like, okay, I'm going to be brave. And then she does it. And then at the end we talk about it. So um, there's definitely ways for us as parents to have these like little, you know, sentences that we have ready in our pocket where we can say, when we go to the park and they're scared of the swing, we can have them practice being brave and how we can, you know, make that a trait for them. So again, it starts, we don't know what we're doing, but there are experts who will help us. Yeah. And in the same vein, just like we need to practice those things too, like practicing over and over, like those sentences and reactions or like, like you said, taking a purposeful pause. I think that is something that's really hard for me to do. Um, you know, like I said, I want to help them or figure it out. Or like, you know, sometimes I'm just frustrated or overwhelmed by what's going on in in the day. And I think just like remembering, like practicing, taking that pause before you say anything will really help you just kind of get in line with your thoughts. And even then, even then it can still blow up in your face, but at least you are trying your best. And that's all that we can hope for especially as the target moves constantly and the game and the rules are changing. The rules change all the time. (laughs) That's, I mean, that's another layer. Like the rules change, like all of a sudden you can't hit this part. And you know, it's like, you can only go when the clock is on an uneven second. I don't know. Like there's nothing that you can even say that will make it a hundred percent easy for you to get through. (laughs) And then you're drunk. (laughs) Then you're at the dive bar and you're like, I need to go home. (laughs) Which is pretty much like what it feels to be sleep deprived from yes. having kids. You're like dehydrated. Like, have I had any water today? You're dehydrated. You're sleep deprived. And now you're playing dark. It's just a whole thing. Yeah. It's a whole mess. And it's fine because we're in it together and you're not alone. And there are resources. And we're happy to share anything that we come across to help you um, as we are learning ourselves. And um, 
like I said, it's kind of fun to be able to share because we have different ages of, you know, kids to be able to share the different stages and what they're going through. And each kid is unique and different and how they respond and react and grow and mature. And so we will constantly be rewriting our stories as we go and learning along the way. We're proud of you and thanks for listening. Yay.